Grace, mercy, and peace be to you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. You know, throughout the season of Lent, we have been working through a sermon series that's focused on God's call uh, to his people to return to him. We've heard uh, of our different sins committed through the course of the Passion. We have considered our own sinfulness. We have been reminded of God's call to return to him. And having been comforted by the word that our God is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love, and most of all, he relents over disaster. Our attention keeps bringing us back to Jesus and to the sacrifice that he has made on our behalf to reconcile us to the Father. And today, well, today it all comes together as Jesus is risen from the dead and he invites the disciples to come and see him. Today, we celebrate the fact that Jesus is no longer in the tomb, but he has risen, just as he said. Now, most of you have heard this before, and so it's not much of a shock or a surprise to you anymore. You expect to hear that Jesus is not in the tomb where he lay on Good Friday. But for the women on that first Easter, they had fully expected to see Jesus where he was hastily buried. They expected to find Jesus dead in the tomb, the stone sealing its entrance and the guard standing at either side. That's what they expected to see. But while they expected to see Jesus in the tomb, perhaps they had a different question going through their minds as they were walking there that morning deep and dark questions about what one can expect from God. Questions about God's presence in the midst of suffering and his power to do anything about it. You know, it's not really a new question. So many of us at one point or time have asked that question, where is God? That may have been the most asked question over this last year. But, but maybe you've asked that as well. Maybe you've asked this when a spouse or grandparent, a child, a best friend is facing suffering. Or maybe in the midst of your own sufferings. The prayers are said in church. The, the prayer chant sent out on the prayer chain, shared on social media. But, but because there seems to be no answer, no, no help, well, you feel like you're left with no hope. And you may figure that God has left you or conclude that he wasn't there to begin with. That he wasn't there to begin with. Now that's a lonely and depressing thought. But it's the way that you can feel in the midst of suffering. That's the way it can feel when you're, you're pouring out your heart to, and soul and there doesn't seem to be an answer. And what proof do you have that, uh, to convince you that God is near you in these times? Boy, I tell you, if you check the news feeds, you might get the impression that God is absent, that he's indifferent, or that he's non-existent. The problem of suffering is global in proportion. A virus has brought the world to its knees. Political discord 
uh, is happening here at home and abroad. The killing of innocent people in grocery stores, the killing of innocent people in clinics, foreboding over rising sea levels, concerns over severe storms. There's earthquakes, there's typhoons, there's hurricanes and tornadoes. Countless people suffering and dying each and every day. And from the looks of it, you might conclude that God is absent. From the evidence, it might seem that there's nothing but chaos. And from our own experiences, And from yours, you might have serious questions. Where is God? After the Sabbath, on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. They were going to the tomb of Jesus. Now, there wasn't their modern news feeds or social media, but but they had seen just three days ago that there were at least three deaths. Jesus and the two criminals he was crucified between. And the women were there. They were watching from a distance. They had witnessed all the suffering. They had seen the bloody, mangled mess of a man hanging from a Roman cross in a public execution. And no doubt there was prayers that were offered up that day. But the most profound prayer came not from the wailing of the women, but from the loud voice of Jesus on the cross about the ninth hour. Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? God, where are you? The women had witnessed, they had seen with their eyes the sky go dark for three hours after this prayer. They felt the tremors of the earth as creation convulsed and rocks were cleaved. And then they heard with their ears an answer. But it wasn't from God, from a voice from heaven, and it seemed entirely too late. It was a centurion. One of the Romans keeping watch, exclaiming, Truly this was the Son of God. With their own eyes, they saw before them God, crucified and dead. The women watched on as Joseph of Arimathea petitioned Pontius Pilate for the corpse of Jesus. And they sat across from the tomb and they watched as Jesus was carefully placed into the tomb. Where is God? Well, if they could have articulated it then, they would have pointed to the tomb and said, in there. Well, the Sabbath day was a day of rest. And undoubtedly, the women passed that day in part or in whole in prayer. Though perhaps their prayers were unspoken, through groaning and and weeping, unsure of what to pray for, or even, at this point, even who to pray to. On the morning of the third day since the crucifixion, the women went back to the place they expected to see Jesus, the apparent Son of God. They went back to the tomb. But when they got there, they saw the strangest sight. 
The earth convulsed again. The angel from heaven rolled away the stone from the tomb and perched on top of it. The guards that were requested by the chief priests and the Pharisees, they fell to the ground as if they were dead. The angel addressed the women. Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who is crucified. He is not here. He is risen, as he said. No, dear women, Jesus is not in there. Jesus, the Son of God, is no longer dead. Yes, this is where he was. This is the same tomb that you saw that he was laid in, but he is not here. He sent me to tell you that he will meet you in Galilee, and there, there you will see him. Now to confirm that this angel was from the Lord, Jesus himself, in the raised flesh, appeared to the women. They clasped the nail-scarred feet, and they worshipped him, for he is God. As they worshipped, Jesus spoke again, promising to meet his disciples in Galilee. Where is God? We'll return and see. The witness of the scriptures point us to the fact that he is where he said that he would be, and his word is promise. He said that he would undo the curse of sin and death and put creation to rights. He said that he would bring about salvation in the flesh of mankind. He said that he would rescue and deliver his people uh, from the kingdom of Satan. He said that he would suffer and die and only to rise again on the third day. No, dear friends in Christ, God has not left or forsaken his creation, nor has he left or forsaken you. He is not indifferent and he is not absent. He is not weak or powerless to heal or to help. He descended from heaven and took upon our flesh so that, uh, so that by his death and resurrection he might redeem you and all of creation from sin, from death, and from the devil. This is the word of the Lord that is recorded in the scriptures and his word is promise. Where is God? will return and see. He is where he said that he would be. We should not be surprised to hear that, that he actually met his disciples in Galilee. And at this meeting, Jesus said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit and teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, and look, and see, I am with you always to the end of the age. Where is Jesus? Return and see. He is met with you. No, not in the, in the mountain of Galilee, but in the waters of your baptism which he commanded from that mountain in Galilee. In your baptism, you have been united with Christ's death and his resurrection. The death that he died on the cross, he died to sin once and for all. And your sin 
Your sin has been atoned for. You are his and he is yours. He has spoken and this is an unbreakable promise. He is with you in baptism, exactly where he said that he would be. Where is Jesus? <laughs> we'll return and see. He comes to you as you are taught by his word. For where two or more are gathered, Jesus said, there I am with you. Where is Jesus? Return and see. In the supper that he has instituted for the forgiveness of your sin, he said, this is my body. And so he's promised to be present with you as you eat and as you drink. Where is Jesus? We'll return and see. He has promised to be with his creation by his word and his sacrament always to the end of this age even in the midst of suffering. But take heart, dear brothers and sisters in Christ, for this age, this age is passing away. When the new age is, is ushered in at our Lord's glorious return, His baptismal promises to you will have been fulfilled. Remember? You have been crucified with Christ in your baptism, and you will be raised with Christ at His coming. As you have dined in the presence of Christ and with all the saints in the sacrament of the altar, remember this divine morsel is a foretaste of the feast that is still yet to come. At his return, which he has promised, you will dine with the Lord and all the saints in the company of heaven, and you will see them in the resurrected flesh. And there will be no more crying, no more tears, no more sorrow, no more wars, no more violence. The heavens and the earth will be new. No more fires or earthquakes or storms or eruptions. There will be no more loneliness or depression. Suffering will all be done with. Sin and death will be no more. Satan will be locked away forever. Why? Because the Lord has promised because Jesus has suffered, died, and he has defeated the death and the grave for you. Until that day, dear brothers and sisters in Christ, look not at the, the worldly signs around you to see where God is. Look not to your own experiences found in suffering as evidence that God has somehow left you. No, look to Christ in his word and his sacraments. Look to the empty tomb as evidence that the Lord keeps his word of promise. Look to where the Lord promises to be. His word assures you that he will be found just where he promised. Return and see. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. Now may the peace of Christ, which passes all understanding, guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus our risen Lord. Amen.